What's poppin'? This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What's up everybody, welcome to a very, very spicy edition of the Only Friends Podcast. We're back, Monday july something or other in the middle it's of june it's june, june 27th it's, it's june. not july and why every time we do it's the open july. every it's time he does the open june. he always starts with what's what? going on everybody he always rubs <laughs> his like little the, hands together he does the fuck boy hand yeah, he's, got the, he's got the third man looking <laughs> through the window type yeah like what's going on everybody welcome back why do you repeat yourself when you're nervous? Like we all have our ticks, man. No, man. <laughs> Back what are you gonna be nervous for? We love you. Not it's not it's we not nerves. That. It's a it's a it's a calming mechanism, See, like, you know? It's, it's like you rub your hands. These are live tells, you know, you see a guy wipe the wipe wipe his mouth, he's a little uncomfortable, you know, tug your ear. I do the ear one. The ear yeah. one is very real. The ear one people like children do it. People it ear, it's a calming mechanism. They don't like it. Yeah. I do they're it. very I'll disgruntled. Fidget with my earring if I'm just like I don't know what to do with my hands. Does it actually like make you feel a little bit better, a little calmer? Just something to do with my hands. Yeah, yeah. I always need to do something with my hands, though. Like it feels like a distraction because like how? you're thinking about something and you just like ear pull and you how can are you feel single? that. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone asks me that and I say I don't know. <laughs> start advertising more. I just need to do something with my hands. Yeah. I, always, I have an oral fixation too. <laughs> I mean, that's I have a tongue ring. Maybe you should rework your hinge profile to just include this audio. <laughs> it's a new voice doesn't, memo. It going. Something no you should know about me. me. Yeah. It's fine. I'll, a random I'll fact. Yeah, maybe you should change that voice memo from from I'm shitting and farting. I didn't to... make it that. <laughs> that was only you know who I did people. see on Hinge last night? I took a screenshot to show you guys actually, but uh, Jungle Man. Oh, he's <laughs> I keep seeing street. like so many poker players on there. It's just like, who am I going to see that I know today? Mm. He's busy. Uh... He, he is, I mean, we're going to see the video very, very soon. He is the worst macho man, Randy Savage impersonator I've ever in my life seen. He's an eccentric gentleman. No, no, there, <laughs> there's no words. For anybody who's a WWE fan that grew up in the 80s and 90s watching macho man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, brother, snap into a Slim Jim. Jungle Man's impersonation, a two. Listen up, everyone. Now, there may be a number of challenges here that think they've got a shot of winning this bracelet that I've brought here, but they ain't nothing. Comparatively speaking, comparatively speaking, to the champ here, they ain't nothing. What I'm gonna do to them is gonna be out of this world. It's gonna be from planet Venus, Jupiter, wherever, but not from this Earth. They're gonna be lucky, very, very lucky to escape with their lives. Oh my God, Donnie, Jungle Man is ready to fight. Listen up, everyone. Now, there may be a number of challenges here that think they've got a shot.
Oh. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, uh, yeah. All we were doing was oh. just basically saying. Well, to each other. he looks like Lord Farquaad. Yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you don't know who Lord Farquaad is? No. I've seen Shrek, but I don't know what that is. The little man with the hair. He's a little man. He looks like Here, that. I'll show you. I'll quickly get a picture for you. Okay. Well, you pull that up. Uh, I, got a, I got you. What I was saying while we were muted was that part of wrestling that is so endearing to... Oh, yeah. He does kind of look like that. <laughs> uh, like... Part of, part of what is so attractive of the WWE is the fact that, like, you know, it is just a male soap opera. Yeah. And, and what draws us in are the storylines. So cutting promos, which is, like, what he effectively just did there, is a massive part of it. Nobody was better than The Rock. But, like, you know, in the 80s, 90s, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, these guys were great at this. Stone Never, Cold. Stone Cold was amazing amazing he him and the rock like changed the mold so but you're saying like most of the entertainment value is literally in these promos kind of a big part of it like, it's, it's character development because <laughs> my brother was he grew up in the 90s he was born in 89 and he would have to practice his wrestling moves that he saw on tv right, on me ah. who was the, his little sister right I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Let me practice my drop kick. I won't actually do it. And then, and then he, he like would, do would just do it. Yeah. yeah. I, the wind knocked out of me. <laughs> Shh, don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happened a lot with my brothers and I when we get in fights and stuff. Like if someone got hurt, the other person would then pretend to be hurt. So like we're on even playing field. Uh -huh. So like if someone started crying, it's like don't he start crying. Really, I'll start yeah. crying. He couldn't do that because he was but, seven years older. But yeah, yeah, like with these promos, like the the big thing is to work in as many catchphrases and like you know. Uh, calls to action as you possibly can and for macho man it was like oh yeah brother that was that was his yeah. big thing and like rick flair was the woo but then know? hulk hogan had a brother too yeah yeah it's, it was the brother era <laughs> the yeah. evolution okay. of brother yeah <laughs> it was it was the brother era. Hacksaw Jim Duggan also. Cooking? um but <laughs> never what a well-spoken wrestler he is. Yeah. Like, never in my life have I heard... Comparatively speaking. speaking. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, this isn't a thing, man. I have the utmost respect for my peers in competition, but comparatively <laughs> speaking. It's like, yeah, I, I, I respect the fact that he got him out there and, and gave this a shot, but, you know. It'd be like if Berkey's Twitter handle was a wrestler. Right. <laughs> you could turn, but the thing is, you could turn that into a character. Yeah. But it would have to be like, yeah. uh, like Triple Queen. H's original character was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And he was this, like, posh fox hunter from somewhere in Connecticut you know, and he wore like the, the, the tails on his suit and was just this very arrogant nose turned up type of wrestler. So you can build a character but out of that. But then he changed? But you can't be you macho, can't. man. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he started like that and then he changed to Triple H? Oh, yeah. And then they brought in the, the Degeneration X. Mm. Uh, so then you, you started with like all this grammar and then you're turning into Mr. Clean. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm out in these streets. Um... While while we're on the the short video clips, uh, I do I do want to throw it to actually more so before we get into a ridiculous hand history. Let's take a look at a reasonable hand history. As on second thought, nope, never mind. <laughs> uh, we we launched our uh, new season of On Second Thought, which is the sister show to Poker Out Loud. So for anybody who's not aware, Poker Out Loud is everybody sits around with noise-canceling <laughs> headphones. We speak our strategy. On Second Thought is the comparison of that said strategy to what the solver would do. And when Poker Out, season, Poker Out Loud season ends, we launch a season of this. So today was episode one of On Second Thought, and I believe we have a quick clip of that.
The complexities of studying No Limit Hold'em come not only from the endless betting options within the game structure, but also from the near impossible task of simplifying a multiplayer game. Heads Up No Limit Hold'em has been the best glimpse at what's taking place under the hood in this complex system of variables. Three-handed is about as close as we've come to understanding the multiplayer complexities. Therefore, a lot of lab work is spent on blind vs blind and button vs blind formations. The first three videos in this season of On Second Thought will dive deep into these thoroughly examined formations and the common leaks that players fall victim to. As we pick up the action, we see Christian holding a premium on the button. This serves as a bit of a cheat code given the wide range that the button is able to v-pit profitably. The first world decision in the hand comes from Nate defending the big blind. We can see that facing a 2.5x open in a no-rake environment will have him defending rather liberally, including most all-suited combinations. Uh, I'm never going to have a leading range on this exact board. Uh, it's just too disconnected. I'm not going to have enough of the nutted flop two pairs or anything of that sort. Um, there are some like triple low boards that I would lead on, although probably less frequently versus the button, since the button does have uh, more of those combos than, say, the low jack. Uh, so I'm just going to check range in the spot. We see a flop of seven of hearts, five of diamonds, two of spades, and notice that there's a very small frequency of donk betting taking place here, in spite of Nate saying that he actually never plays leads in his strategy. We can see that no hand candidate nor hand class particularly prefers to lead, and there's minimal EV gain by incorporating this low frequency play. We do see that playing a pure checking strategy comes with zero EV regret. All right, uh, this board is definitely not like 100% like a bet with range. Uh, given it's 7-5 deuce uh, rainbow, the two wheel cards uh, definitely favor the big blind. Uh, we'll have a mix with this hand of small bet and big bet. Um, I think I am going to go with, uh, let's see, I think I want to go with big bet this time. Uh, turn, set up some turnover bets. Uh, I think he will... I just think it's a, it's a play that we should be doing sometimes. Uh, so a pot is 55. I think I want to go with a 67 size here. So we're looking at like uh, 35. Christian astutely recognizes that this texture does not afford the wide range of the button to bet at 100% frequency. As he mentioned, the double wheel boards will often increase the overall equity of out of position's range. We can see that equities are running rather close in spite of in position having a significant nut advantage as well as an overall EV advantage. Because of these advantages, we'll play mostly a big bet or check strategy, with the pot size bet being utilized 33% of the time to complement a 42% checkback frequency. We do see some catch-all sizings of half pot and 66% being utilized the remainder of the time. Truth is, though, when we look at the hand class breakdown, these catch-all sizings are paired with the big bet strategy. Simply put, they are redundant and offer little in the way of EV gain while overcomplicating our strategy. With that said, Christian did choose the 66% size, which in theory is fine, but relatively unnecessary if he's mixing it with the other three sizes. However, based off of his commentary, I think it's safe to assume that this is just the largest size that he chooses in this spot. Kings are happy to play as a pot size bet, and we see that as well in the breakdown. The small bets, as expected, are never really utilized, coming in at only 1% frequency. All right, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. That was a little sneak peek of episode one of On Second Thought. Uh, I do plan on releasing some um, versions of On Second Thought for YouTube as well. I think what's going to end up happening is today we're actually filming the Only Friends uh, version of Poker Out Loud. That season will hopefully come out sometime in the next month or so. Uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to include all of the carnival games, the stand-up game, Deuce to Seven, Bounty, uh, Bomb Pots, you name it. We're going to play it. Um, guys are all fucked. We're playing <laughs> Dealer's Choice, right? I'm no. so excited. I'm in, I'm I'm right in the zone right yeah. now. You guys. Yeah. Are, are you gonna wear the sunglasses? Wow. <laughs> yeah. The sunglasses. more the more I think about it, the less 
poker I think <laughs> we played and the more comedy I think will just yeah. ensue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not gonna learn anything. I'm not gonna be talking strategy. <laughs> it's not a, no, it's, it's gonna learn it's anything. It's definitely not this. a learning environment. But it's gonna be entertaining, I'm gonna that's be, for sure. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Guys. I'm going to take you guys to fucking school and deuce to seven. That's all. We're not playing deuce to seven. We're playing the seven deuce games. Not deuce to seven. We said we're playing deuce to seven. The game. I'm never playing again. Deuce to seven. This kid. Oh man. And I was gonna teach us. I I do plan on making some uh, on second thought content for YouTube off of that. It'll probably be a little bit more on the humorous side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you guys are interested in more Poker Out Loud or uh, the sister show on Second Thought, you can check that out at solvefory.io. Uh, free two week trial. Watch as much of it as you want. Cancel anytime for free. Um, free. Moving into another ridiculous hand history from yesterday's PPC. Ah. Uh. Pretty early. They, I, I didn't see how many runners they got, but Jer B got tangled up in a hand with MJ Gonzalez in No Limit Hold'em. Mm -hmm. uh, Jer B opens with uh, to 7,000. So I'm guessing the blinds were between Three. 2 and 3K. It was probably 1,500, 3K. It's a big ante. So yeah. if he opened 3.5X, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh -huh. uh, they played with a very, very big ante during No Limit. Yeah. But... I mean bigger uh, than like a normal ante? Yes, it's it's like a blind and a half or really? two blinds. Something, What's, the something. Reason? What's the reason for that? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. In the past, it was before big blind ante, uh, the format was just adhering to the ante structure of all the other mixed games. Mm. And No Limit just played a lot bigger. Yeah. Uh, so I think sense. they kept that intact once they moved to a big blind ante. Yeah. Um, so but I'm, so I'm actually it's not lead positive. To a bit larger opens. Is what I, I, if he opened, if it was one k, two k, and he opened to three and a half x, I wouldn't be shocked. Okay. In any event, uh, <laughs> regardless, yeah, he opens a seven k, and MJ piles it for effectively two hundred. Two hundred bigs. No, well, Belon called for half the amount of four hundred. So oh, okay, okay. be at two hundred k. Okay, so yeah, he. He piles it for somewhere between like what seventy five and hundred bigs. Yeah, eighty bigs ish. Yeah, and Jeremy just snaps. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, uh, snaps uh, in a fifty k tournament. Like, oh, like this. This almost looks like a chip dump. Why did he have right. queen eight? Though? It was what were the hands? Queen eight of diamonds versus ace five, <laughs> assumingly offsuit. Jeremy and ace five. Ace five off. How does he snap? He knew. Uh, he knew. Was there something going on there? Maybe? I don't know. Like there had to be something happening at the table. I mean, I'm Lively. sure that there's like yeah, there yeah there's definitely something. something. So, Ms. Rocky's the one who reported the hand to the to the reporter, and obviously, I'm assuming like a detail or two was left out. Maybe so, like yeah. thirty because this sounds <laughs> fucking insane. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Maybe he's just like ah, whatever. This guy like never calls. He just rips him off with the ace. Crazy. <laughs> he's. He said, apparently, Balan opened to seven. Gonzalez moved all in for around 400. Balan called for around half that amount. And Gonzalez says, did you say call? <laughs> <laughs> there had to be something going on there. And then I'm just like, just fuck, that fuck it. That is so funny. Yeah. You know, some live reads or something. Well, I mean, wow. uh, one thing that was happening was either MJ had doubled early or JRB had lost half his stack early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there was, there was that aspect. What did it. they start with? That's what I, I'm not I sure. It might be 250. I want to say they start with either like somewhere between 250k or 300k. Probably 300k. Yeah. Isn't it always 6x of uh, the buy-in? 
No, like, nothing's been standard for a long time. But but, but that like in particular those, in those, event, it's three hundred k, hundred. Yeah, yeah. Like these other random events that they it it mixes, but I feel like the bigger events, right? Like the, like the high rollers and these, they do the they do the three hundred k starting. Yeah. So that's a lot of big blinds. Somebody in the chat said big blind was one point five k, and JRB had ace ten off. That's way different. What? Well, that is so different. Is it? I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> is it, it, when the big blind goes down and the hand ringing goes a little bit up, it's yeah. still not that Well, somehow the stakes get smaller. Uh, if, if the guy in the chat's right, the stakes were even smaller oh, than we correct. believed, but the hand was at least a little stronger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It seems like Jeremy maybe three bet. If the, blind, if the blinds were uh, 1K 1500, it seems more so that JRB three bet. Well, it looks like David Baker um, responded to Dan Smith's tweet and asking for a hand history. And it says JRB opened the button to 7K. MJ shoved all in from big blind. JRB had about 200K behind. MJ 400K. JRB snap called with ace 10 off. MJ had queen eight. Oh, okay. So ace 10 versus queen eight. Okay, big so blind. once as reported with the exception of the actual hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, still. Absolutely absurd. Who won? Yeah. Jerry B. Jerry B won. Yeah, big double. Man big, of the people. The big double for the man of the people. Broke living Jerry B. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's in these streets. He's not going to go broke if he keeps winning those all-ins, though. Got to win the all-ins, man. I yeah. would love to see Jerry B, Mizraki. Um, I, I don't know enough of the people who play this. Is Glance in the field? I want to see Glance there. Maybe he's Chino. Chino is Chino in the field. Like yep. I, I just want to see like Con Conrad. We want Conrad. I want to see all year, of year. the degenerate, old school uh -huh. guys of the past just final table to 50k PC, PPC. Yeah. yeah. I just want to see them just duke it out. That'd be fun. Really fun. <laughs> just slinging it. You know, getting 100 bigs in with the Ace 10 Just snapping. like old times. Uh, the very first. I don't. I don't know. You might be too young for this, but the very first time this tournament ran. Um, I don't know if they named it after Chip Reese after the fact or if it was during, but uh, the very first time it ran, the whole tournament played out horse, and then the final table itself was just no limit. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it was like the final table, I believe, was Chip Reese. Um, I don't know why I started naming names because I'm not going to remember. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I and feel some like, other people. <laughs> I feel like Ivy might have been at the final JRB table. might have been there. No, I don't think so. Yeah, definitely Freddie. Freddie's. I don't think Freddie was there. <laughs> Ali uh, no, I think second place ended up being um uh he was a part of the MIT blackjack team. Um name is escaping me. I was really counting on Lamana and he's looking at me with dead eyes. I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, no Chip Reese and some people. Chip Reese ended up winning it, but uh Andy Block? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Block. Oh, Andy Block. Um Chibri's ended up winning it, and I think they named the, the event. But it, really weird to play an entire structure of horse and then just, like, they move just, into a big bet game. And they did that specifically for TV? For TV purposes, yeah. yeah. The, the, obviously, the championship's changed a lot since then, though, because they have a lot more big bet games yeah. involved, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's kind of like a 50-50 mix of yeah. limit. Like, I know some people in the limit. field that are self-proclaimed not great at, like, some other mixed games, but they're really good at no limit in PLO. Yeah, right, they're good at the big bet games where yeah, like yeah. you can make about make back a lot of value. Is Deuce uh, is Deuce uh, is sevens in there? I think. But is it no limit? I think it's triple draw. Okay, Th that changes I, things though for the big bet players. If there's yeah. only two big bet games, I think that of a nine game format, you're probably not doing great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But you know, it's nice. Yeah, gambling. Gambling. High, classic high stakes gambling. You love to see it. Yeah. 
it's crazy how much this buy-in too uh isn't what it was just five years ago what do you mean because of inflation yeah it's like small there's 91 people in the field i don't think that's happened like yeah that's huge yeah that seems dan o'brien played this one year did he? No yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. What? How do you do? Did Not he well. win? Not well. Not well. <laughs> Does he even know all the games? I don't. I don't. Uh, he dabbled. There he, he is. Uh, <laughs> he, he also played because of the big blind or the the big anti format. He we thought really he gave need him to get edge. him on one day. Yeah. He'll be for on. sure. Uh, He'll probably be on like end of the series. Maybe. Maybe he's, he's coming for the main. So for the main, we can maybe, talk about our main event. Main event Wait. hopes and dreams. How yeah. I'm gonna win the main. <laughs> I'll sit next to you and say, No, you'll probably be out like day one again. Um, but yeah, like I, th I think it's the actual inclusion of so many high rollers that mm. kind of like lessened the the importance of this. Not the importance; that's not fair. I think for everybody who plays mixed games, this yeah, is the mecca. It's a it's like the most prestigious event you can win. Yeah, but also, boxing just won a two hundred fifty k for four million ish. Four point yeah. six yeah. million. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. fucking dope. Respect. <sighs> Shout out to Foxy, man. Wow, Foxy. Shout out to Foxen. Round of applause for Alex Foxen. I don't know he how he did done. it. He got it done. He got it done. I don't know how I faded this bracelet bet. You're so right. lucky. Yep. Well, <laughs> sort of. Uh, isn't, it, isn't it in similar events? It yeah, we, well, we played. had to play mutually played. Yeah. Said, so yeah. the, the yeah. aspect that would have made him a big favorite is if it was just a straight up bet. Because he's going to play a bunch of small field high rollers and mm -hmm. I'm just not. Yeah. Uh, and also when we first made the bet, he was like playing mixed games. And I, mixed I games? wasn't. Yeah. Plays, he, wow, he knows I don't know everything. if he plays them well, but he played them. Sure, he was really bracelet still, hunting. Respect. Uh, it's not easy. When we made the bet in 2017, I was coming off my second year of seven figures worth of caches and MTTs and uh, had like six final tables over a 24-month span. And Foxen was like fresh on the scene. Mm -hmm. So my hand and mob was like somewhere in the, in like the four million-ish range. And his was like 400K. And I was just like, I feel good about this. Our angle's on my side. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do... I was probably a break-even bet versus Foxen for six months of that entire, entire <laughs> bet. Yeah. By the and time then, the next summer came along, I was probably, like, breaking even slash maybe losing slightly. Uh, is that because he was studying and you weren't? Or he was getting better and you weren't? He was just dedicated weren't? to MTTs and yeah. I wasn't. He tried and you didn't. I, he... <laughs> between we made the bet in august of 2017 and it was a five-year bet so it expired last year um what five years yeah wow like it's wow. not easy to win a bracelet man no but i mean like a five-year bet seems a little bit ridiculous why five years we both bricked out i get it that's a long time just do again, it again year after you year you have to understand just, I, I say this all the time that's a quarter of his life yeah that's just, true right? no just like that's that's just re five years bet. is such a long time Five years is not that long. Five when years is a blink of the eye for us old yeah. timies. Yeah, that's because you guys are down bad. But I just we mean, are. just re-up the bet every year. Every year you both break. Okay, let's do it. Run it back. He and I didn't bet against each other. I bet, I bet with... It was a market. So uh, Ryan Reese was taking all the action. Mm. And he wanted Foxen. He wanted Foxen. And both Ari and I took a piece of, of that side. Or the against. Yeah, yeah. Um, Foxen probably had also action, but basically we made the bet in August of 2017 uh -huh. between, uh, the time we made the bet and the time the next world series had come around. Yeah. Foxen had, I don't know if he won five diamond or got second, but he final tabled five diamond. Uh, and he started playing high rollers. Didn't he win it and he get second? Yeah. That's why I said, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which one it was. Yeah. So he did both of those. Things. Uh, but he did both of those. Oh, he must've got second in that one. Cause I think there was, a, so I think there was a secondary market of, 
if he wins a mutually just, played event. Just winning any mutually played event, which yep. I, I wasn't a part of that bet. Uh-huh. But I remember people say, like, uh, Asher Komnif was always DMing me, saying, did you play this event? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, did you play the MSPT? Yeah, he won a bunch of, like, uh, mid-stake buy-ins. <laughs> and so Asher Komnif would just be like, did you play? Did you play? I'm like, no, man. Like, I don't fucking play tournaments. Like, you took no, a bad I bet. I don't want Foxen to beat me, man. Stop. <laughs> I didn't play anything. I, I really up. didn't play much, though. Um, and he was just playing everything. So it was very clear by the time the next world series rolled around that like, I was definitely not taking the best of it any longer. Yeah. And by 2019, I for sure was taking the worst of it. You had some close calls though. Uh, You both had some close calls, right? He had. Last year there was online close calls. Boxing final table. He final tabled the high roller. Uh, I final tabled two, three. Oh my God, you did. I final tabled three. You did. You got like an eighth and a seventh. Uh, well, yeah, but the. They're mutually played. You so both played them. The One two, was in the two in Nevada, right? I got seventh and fifth, but they were both in Nevada, so he probably played those. Oh. I got third in PA, yeah, which he didn't play, so it didn't. Yeah, matter. yeah that yeah. didn't matter. Um, honestly, they shouldn't have counted. We we couldn't foresee that though. The online we, series. Yeah, yeah, we didn't realize that there was just going to be a year where yeah. there were like you know thirty events to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirty online. bracelets every well, day online. Right. Didn't matter anyways because you you didn't win. That's right. <laughs> Neither of us locked it up. But hey, he got the monkey off his back. I get you to move on. What a nice yeah. one for his first bracelet. 4.6. How insane. <laughs> That's a 250K yeah. for 4.6. Incredible. First bracelet I get to move 50K. up the list now of yeah. best player without a bracelet. You're still you know, on that list. I, I might have cracked um, the top 10. D- wait, wait. Don't we all get to move up that list? Yeah. Why? Just you. That's true. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all list. moved up that list. Right, exactly. I got I just, to play with Chrissy I get to move up the other day. How was that? I got to play with Chrissy the other day. You met your she hero. Was, yeah. Loved her. Chin says never meet your heroes. I mm-hmm. thought she was great. Mm. Well, I remember... You busted her, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fought the set. I fought the set. I mean, yeah. I guess it's yeah. not like I outplayed her, really. <laughs> um, no, she was great. And I remember, like, a couple of years ago, I was I thought she was the coolest because she was like such a grinder when she was coming up. Yeah, I used yeah. to play five ten with her at Bellagio. Like when she first came up, I was playing five ten with her at Bellagio. Super nice, and yeah. then like and then like uh, it was like a six months later, and Bellagio? she was just killing everything. Yeah, it was wild. You played five ten with her at Bellagio. Yeah. Oh, she didn't live here. Um, I don't know. She, she, <laughs> we she used played with play? her in Turning Stone. A bunch. I played like this was like when I first I probably like when I first started dating Michelle. It was probably like 2015. Oh, okay. 16. So she was like already dating boxing. No, no, she was dating um, German guy. I can't his name is escaping me. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is right around when she finally yeah. with the 10k six max. I remember. Right, right, right. Um, wow, sick tournament. 10k six max. Yeah. Yep. A lot of stuff going on. We're already we, everyone's series, saying man. that five years starting in 2017 is still active. Well, until they, August twenty second, but you guys didn't mutually mutually play that. So Matt didn't lose this bet. Yeah, uh, we we didn't mutually play, but it definitely expired last year. Anyways, um, <laughs> maybe it was only four years. I don't know. But eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, I guess it must <laughs> have been a four year. God's bad at counting. <laughs> Fortunately, he didn't play the two fifty k, or else he no, would be losing. No, not bad at counting. It must have just been a four year thing. Let me mm. check. Bad at yeah. counting. He's got to go. He's got to go crunch some numbers real yeah. quick. Yeah. Oh, just, Check my DMs. Crunching <laughs> some numbers. Um, it's already, we're already halfway through the series. Maybe more, right? More. We're like three fourths. Halfway was Friday. Half, halfway was Friday. Halfway was Friday. Crazy. And I'm taking a week off. Really? What are you yeah. doing? Poker all out. 
No, I think the next event I'll play will be the Million Dollar Bounty uh, and the main mm -hmm. event, Staggered. You can play them both at the same time, right? You have to. You basically have to. What do you mean you, you play the mini to. main and the main? You can play both, right? I think so, but mini main is like once the main event's already... No, it's right in the middle of it. I just, yeah, I just like, checked. It's like day two or day three. No, I mean like day one. Day one and day one? Overlap? Maybe not. I, I, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll recheck, but... I'm actually pretty sure that Brian is somewhat right here. I'm always somewhat right. Somewhat I'm right. Sure There's either right or not right. right about it, it's either right or it wrong. Before July There's no 3rd. somewhat right. I think it starts what? Before July 3rd. Or it can't. The 1K... The mini main, July 1st. One's main July 1st. July 1st, July 1st right. mini main. Yep. And then, uh, and then the main starts on the 3rd. But how... Why would they put the mini main up against the million dollar bounty? Yeah, that's weird. Because it, yeah, mini main is on is... Friday and the million dollar bounty is on Saturday. There's only one day for the mini main? One but there's a bunch one. of days for the million dollar bounty. So yeah, it looks like there's only sense. one. Right, but the, no, a, it doesn't. Yeah, it's just a, if there's one starting day for the mini main. The mini main then people can bust and go play people the million dollar bounty. People can bust and go bounty. play the million dollar bounty. They're only having a date one They're day. They're having like four or five yeah, starting days. Yeah, it's just one flight the, for, the, for the mini main. But the million dollar bounty also overlaps the main. And it's 30 minutes, I mean, it's like... Yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like the mini main is not uh, a good tournament. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, not up against, it's not up against the... Um, it's just a two-day event? It's going to probably end in three days, yeah. It'll Maybe start. three. It's yeah, three. It's a three-day event. It's not very mini main like. No, it's not mini main like. Well, it's actually mini mini main like. How long are the levels? Uh, they're 30 minute levels. You start with 60,000. Right, so it's the mini ships. main turbo edition. Yeah. 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 Not interested. Uh, yeah. Playing the million dollar bounty. And then if I bag, I'll play the main the next day. Mm -hmm. um, if I fail to bag, then I'll play, I guess it would be the last day 1A or would it be straight reg into day two? I can't recall. Mm. Anyway, the way the overlap works is uh, you just keep playing the bounty until you bag, and then you immediately play the main mm -hmm. the following day. Yeah. Got it. Straight reds is 50 big blinds? <clears throat> For day two? Yes. 75 or 50, I can't recall. Uh, it's still a lot. I think it's 75. It had been 75 in the past. Yeah, I last know, year I think it was 75. I don't know if the structure changed this yeah. year or not. But Probably 75. You're talking about the, the, the main, main. main Yeah. I don't um, like that. I would, we know Tortoise. I would yeah. really hate to bridge <laughs> day two, but uh, I think the Million Dollar Bounty is going to be like a really sick event. I well, that's because you're also trying to. I'm plucking the million. Try to pluck sure. a million dollars. Yeah, yeah that's. What's that's... the second one? Don't know. Don't care. I'm getting the million. I'm the prize, so. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the prize. That's the this... reason. Cue Dan O'Brien. That's why you're not gonna pluck it. <laughs> that sounds like a real Actually, for disaster. I mean, this isn't true. This is called manifestation, <laughs> and I'm a professional at this. So right. you Tell are. Him, I mean, you are. When I walk into the motherfucking WSOP, how did you pluck, pluck the 25k bounty? Tell us your process. How did you pluck that 25k bounty? You just kept saying it. Well, first. For a backstory, Conrad played the Orleans Bounty Tournament last summer. He, after he had, like, run up heaps of money and... Incorrect. Earlier in the year. No, it was. And then he, it was yeah. after you had started to run it down. Yeah, so he ran it down. I had zero dollars. He oh, ran he it down. He had zero dollars to my name. Right, right. Okay. So Fires his last 500 in the mystery bounty. Bags. And the the big bounty was 25k, and he just comes home and goes, "I'm plucking the 25k." <laughs> Shows up the next day. I had 12 big blinds. <laughs> Shows up the next day. Somehow runs it up enough to bust somebody. Gets I one bounty. It. Gets that one bounty. Walks over to the thing, 
Plus 25K, busts the tournament and goes home. Yeah. The best part about this thing is I came That's in with 12 so big blinds. I didn't run up anything. I was the 11th I was the 11th person to get a bounty. I literally just got some, knocked somebody out that had like two You like two knocked out somebody blinds. with three bigs. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Send them home. Bro, fuck, yo, I would love happen? to see that hand that you we need him to with. I need to find the video of this. Like, Somebody this needs to send me the video of me plucking this fucking oh, guy. I remember seeing it. He was I never so sure it. he was going to pluck it. It's I ran so around weird. fucking Orleans and let everybody know that they couldn't was, get sure this about a lot of, You sure about a <laughs> lot of Yeah, that's things, true. You've you also know? been sure about a lot of other things. You sure about a lot of things. You know, if you say you're going to do it, at some point you're going to do it. At some point. The lot of you getting this bounty was probably like 0.01%. Listen, I don't care, Mr. Mudgeon Jr., there's no <laughs> There's no I don't give a fuck what you think Statistically you're I am going to manifest The Millie just like I manifested The 25k What if somebody else it. wants to manifest it yeah, what I if someone else is what you guys want? It. This is in your world. This is my world. And uh, it sounds right? like narcissism. A little bit. <laughs> it sounds, a little bit. It sounds like we have a budding narcissist. This is Ready like Player One syndrome. Yeah. 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 Uh, we get it. Main character Conrad. Yeah. Gonna pluck the yeah. mystery bounty. We're all a bunch of NPCs. Right. That's right. Well, as you guys know, you'd be alright. <laughs> the, uh, she don't know. The chat I'm actually has right. a good idea. They said we should do a main event draft uh, similar to like what Brew did oh, last Brew year. Brew did where you pick people and then you snake draft. Yeah, we'd have to figure out a way to do it because obviously the the spirit of Brewer's thing is he's betting against. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like betting. Well, so we can figure it out. Okay, I have. We do a like fancy idea. style. I have a quick we all idea, pick five right? people. You each we each pick five people, but we snake draft it. A min cash is worth like X amount of points, and then like yeah, yeah, we just do fantasy system, style. and then final tables worth. And what then we, we do fantasy. is we use the price points for the twenty five k. And then we use like bonus players that we can pick. We like just two pick or random three. people. It doesn't. We don't need bonus players. Well, so we just pick five, I just people. Pick five random people, we, and they're well, not we worth make, different. We things. make it so we have a, a, a amount like. A, yeah, he's a saying that you could you could price them. Uh, we. That sounds like well, a lot of work. He's saying snake. No, draft, it's already right. priced. Everything's already priced. But like, and, no, no, no. What if I want someone that's not on that's there? That's what I'm trying to say. Is you wait a second? We pick two or three bonus players that just aren't on there. So we pick five players. From the the 25k price point. Right, he's saying rather than being a limited list of bonus players, like everybody could just be a bonus player. Yeah, yeah. Because so we're not like, actually submitting to anyone. Call like you have like a hundred dollars, like chance is still worth 33. So somehow we just get Chewy for free. Yeah. Right. Wait, yeah you, oh, sorry. Anybody on that list can't be a bonus player. On the bonus player list. Oh, Chewie's, Chewie's not a bonus, bonus player. player. Yeah, Chewie, so, Chewie's not on the list yeah, at all. He's not on the list at oh, all. Shit. No. This is why I just like you just pick five people and Fuck then yeah, like dirty. everyone gets a free for all because we just snake draft it where first gets to go first and last gets to go last and then first. Yeah, I just think five is way too small for a ten thousand person field. Okay, pick ten people. Yeah, I'm not poo pooing your idea. I sure. think it's fine. Uh, I just think like we we should actually like come up with like a full team. Yeah. We, we should give them like positions. You know, like. Uh, maybe that's what we do. We we draft Just like like a football team. Yeah. Types. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we have the min casher, we have the long shot. Yeah. Do the we give them these like bonuses, like plus like type multipliers? Yeah, I mean, honestly, oh, no. I'll sit down yeah. and I'll try to I'll try to like gamify this maybe and yeah. like come up with slots that you have to draft for and they're worth like different points. Yep. Each know. one gets like so you have like the captain and it's worth like a three X multiplier. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have like the long shot. Mm -hmm. This is what they do on DraftKings. They have like yeah. a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. captain yeah. And, or something. And we know how good you are at games, Matt, because you hand drew all of those games when you were seven. He is a game maker. He's a game 
games like game designer. We'll do yeah. I'm gonna design it. So like the long shot slot will be uh like maybe like a 10x multiplier. Yeah. But their their Hendon mob has under to be like oh, yeah, under yeah, yeah, 500k yeah. or something this is gonna like be a that. Really like fucking it. cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we can we can make this fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then people can submit their own and then, then we, we can just start, they can win a prize. Yeah. And then we can tweet it out. Maybe we can turn it into like something bigger. I'll let you guys know this big on this. Don't you guys think this shit is free? You know, if you tweet, there's gonna be a big on this contest. Matt's busy using his game designs for free. Now you're gonna start using them for profit. It's towards the fund for keeping us from being homeless. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. All right, uh, let's get into the shits. Uh, there's there's actually quite a bit to talk about news and notes wise from this past weekend. Uh -huh. um, and honestly, like this is one of those things where it's like we could just completely look past all this stuff too and not bring it up. Um, but I think there are kind of more nuanced conversations underneath the surface that are worth exploring. Uh, Boy, we can bring it up. Yeah, so we're gonna bring it up because yeah. you know what else? What the fuck else are we gonna talk about? Not, yeah. Literally nothing. <laughs> we don't think about what we're gonna talk about, uh, so we got it. So the first thing that that happened was during the 5K6 Max event, uh, Kitty Quo and um, Kale Cleeton were seated at the same table, and there was a bit of a mishap. Uh, and maybe I'm being a little bit reductive calling it a mishap because it turned into something uh, much bigger. But basically, uh, the dealer made a few mistakes and dealt in KL's assistant, which is his father, uh, more than one occasion. Kitty, who is known to be very short-tempered and maybe a little bit impatient, uh, you know, I'm going on secondhand tells here, uh, both from KL and the report, but basically was uh, upset about this, called a floor over and asked them to do, like remedy the situation in some way, shape or form. I believe she suggested that uh, you know, Kale's father should sit behind him rather than to the side of him. Um, and they thought that that was unreasonable. And I, I kind of lean on their side where it's like, you know, it, this is already tough enough, right? To have uh, somebody assisting someone else who uh, can't physically do it himself. Mm -hmm. Let's not make this harder by having him like reach over and, right. you know, don't make it awkward, right? Yeah. Like do a better job dealer at the end of the day. Like yeah. if you're the floor person, that's simply what you say. Like deal to the stacks, do a better job. Um, so it, it seems like it could have been, uh, kind of much ado about nothing. I guess Kitty was short, like moved shortly thereafter, uh, to rectify the situation. Um, but once Twitter gets a hold of something like this, it away. really takes off. Yeah. And, uh, I, I kind of just want to speak about like how it ended, but like how we got there. So KL put on a nice, uh, well-written thread, I think, basically giving his version of the account and saying that, like, you know, he accepts Kitty's apology um, and that, uh, you know, he hopes that if she wants to do a 3% donation that he would don't, uh, she would donate it to uh, Able Gamers instead. Um, but the, 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 thing, the key thing to zoom in on here is that uh, he's basically saying that, like, he shouldn't be asked to do something differently uh, with regard to being assisted because a dealer made a mistake. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of like what Twitter in its angry pitchfork way kind of missed out on here. So what we're not showing is a lot of the tweets that stormed in once uh, the news caught wind that Kitty uh, made a stink about this. Uh, and the narrative very hard shifted to her kind of being like the wicked witch of the West yeah. where she's the just so like, how dare you, right? You know, this, this, this 
individual is struggling and we want to be inclusive and that narrative is all correct we do right we don't want to make anybody who um is, is uh, struggling to to fit into the game in a normal capacity feel any worse about that right like we want to make this as inclusive as possible we allow him to have an assistant his dad's great about this uh you know i i know them both i've met them both they're they're wonderful people and in no way shape or form would any of these mistakes have been by their intent right so it's very clear that we have to demonize something whenever we empathize so much with one one side of the story right. someone yeah. has to be the bad guy right so to speak. and unfortunately for kitty because she's so curt because she's so blunt and straightforward she took the brunt of this and in a very heavy-handed way uh i thought that there were a lot of opportunities uh a, a lot of shots that were just opportunistic yeah right? go ahead i agree i mean there was a lot of piling on i felt like i don't know it, it seemed like a lot of there was a lot of older maybe resentments going on that were unrelated to this specific incident that people were using this as an opportunity to air their grievances about towards her and it's just sort of like okay i mean yeah that's maybe not productive yeah maybe a I, private I mean conversation should be had about your past resentments and not you know have that be part of the dog pile right kitty kitty obviously has developed uh quite a character uh, in her social media persona, but like for those who haven't had the experience of playing with her a fair amount, um, what what may not be obvious to most is that she too, I'm sure, feels very unwelcomed in a lot of gaming scenarios, right? Her English isn't the best. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she's been a vet of this game for the better part of a decade. Yeah. But that acclimation process could not have been easy. No. And I'm sure early on, people were a little bit empathetic to her. But um, just knowing the way that Americans are kind of treated in foreign environments, or even more so the way that I've seen Americans treat yes. people who come in. Like, it happens all the time alive at the bike. We'll be playing with a table that is literally half Chinese. Mm -hmm. And uh, the English speakers get so upset when they're speaking chinese back and forth to one another it, we're on camera yeah they're not cheating right there will be a native chinese speaker watching this stream that mm. if they were cheating it would be the biggest scandal to ever have like yeah. don't be so insensitive right they're, yeah. they're having a hard time acclimating to an environment that you're forcing them to be rigidly uh adhere to your standards yeah right so i think a lot gets lost in communication in the sense that i, I don't want to speak for kitty but mm -hmm. I imagine that a big part of her uh, acclimating to this is speaking universally to the rules. That's the one language that everybody can understand coherently, right? right? Yeah. The rules are black and white. They're there to protect everybody. And for her, it's like if a dealer continually makes a mistake, well, this is going against the black and white nature. Something should be done to correct yeah. that. Right. Um, and it's really like not, I mean, the dealer, it's possible the dealer would have made the mistake whether there was something different happening at the table or not. I right. mean, I was at tables where the dealer was just always skipping the seat eight, like for some reason, just never dealing him in. And we had to redeal the entire time. <laughs> He's like, what am I invisible or something? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I don't want to come off as uh, defending Kitty or, or no, defending her behavior. It's important to balance it because there was right. so much like, 
it was so polar on one yeah. side. And it's like, hey, I wasn't there. I don't know if she was rude or handled it poorly. I'm yeah. only hearing second and third hand accounts. And neither does most of the people commenting on yeah. Twitter. They right. weren't there either. Of course right. not. And like say things. Right. Like the only other firsthand account is KL's. And he didn't really... He didn't really uh, phrase it in a way yeah. where he was like off put by the way Kitty spoke mm -hmm. or her yeah. tone or anything like yeah. that. So I don't know, right? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> she was out of line. Maybe she wasn't. Uh, but I guess the bigger the bigger point that I'm trying to make is that we should be empathetic to both of them for two very different reasons, but mm -hmm. also a, a reason that they can kind of relate to, right? Yeah. It's very different why they both struggle to acclimate into this climate, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they both do share that in common. And I know for a fact that having played with Kitty, she's, she comes off mean at times. She comes off curt at times. She comes off abrasive. But, like, it's always with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? Like, uh, she's, like, the type of person that I would struggle to be offended by because she takes it just as well as she gives it kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe she's not very sensitive uh, to to, like, KL struggles in this particular instance. And we we should condemn her a little bit for that. Right. That's reasonable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But holy shit, did we make a mountain out of a molehill? That's yeah. what people do. People just find something to get mad at well, and they get mad at it. Yeah. I mean, and I that's the thing is that it there were like a lot of like past grievances like being brought up and stuff by some people who have known her for a while. And right. it just sort of became like a character assassination instead of just focusing on the singular issue. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up, because truth be told, they, they seem to have reached an amicable uh, apology and an acceptance thereof. Yeah. Uh, and I believe Kitty tweeted that she, you know, outside of just apologizing, she was going to offer a 3% free roll uh, to KL, or, or sorry, to uh, Able Gamers, uh -huh. uh, as well as like any coaching uh, for anyone interested from the Able Gaming community that wanted to play. Um, so, you know, whatever. All's, all's well that ends well. But I thought it was something notable to highlight because uh, I do think it's one of those things where we can get so, so, we can get so wrapped up in self-righteousness because it's so obvious to everybody that KL did nothing wrong. Yeah. Right? right. And when that's true, we just stop looking at the other side of the coin yeah. mm -hmm. and, you know, really examine how out of line Kitty was as the second party or if she was at all. And, you know, what could potentially have led to that? So I, I feel like a little bit of empathy and grace should be demonstrated to both. I'm glad that they reached a, a public solution where both seem to be fine. Uh, and I hope that, you know, moving forward, uh, there's a little bit more thoughtfulness put into these scenarios before we just absolutely character assassinate somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other reason why I really wanted to bring this up is because it leads us into what happened with Negron, right? Uh, we're, we're hearing it firsthand. Uh, so in the 250K, for anybody who's under a rock and hasn't heard about this, uh, you? You're raising, you're raising your hand, Conrad? <laughs> <laughs> the, the rabbi's, been, you know, he's Conrad's been, just been in a cloud of smoke he's since been in Thursday. The synagogue. <laughs> uh, so D-Nags busts the 250K in... in you know, in an annoying fashion. Not a beat that none of us have ever taken. It wasn't was a one-outer. Uh, he got it all in with 10s versus queen 10 suited for like 25 bigs. One spade on flop, ran out spades. It came, yeah, it came king nine high, one spade. <laughs> turned seven of spades, river, some 
other spade. Versus the turtleneck master, David Peters. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm guessing he was in for two bullets. Yeah, he was. So now 500K. Yep. Uh, his summer's been going very poorly. Yeah, he's stuck he's a million. Who, who has been winning this summer? <laughs> Everybody who gets a bracelet, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, no one in between. Boxing. No one. <laughs> you've only won if you've... If you've uh, yeah. You gotta, yeah, have, a, you gotta the, have a bracelet. The or tortoise is just cruising along. The tortoise right? has that cash sweet, here, sweet little cash there. Tortoise you, is the only one. Get, get your fingers wet and everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a few more buy-ins. I might play a few more events than well, I didn't think yeah. I was going to. Yeah. yeah. Sugar Mama's gonna buy yeah. the action. Yeah, I got Sugar Mama just buy, <laughs> buying up all my action. <laughs> yeah. Must live in the dream. Live in the dream. So that dream. Uh, you know, from from Daniel's perspective, or or I guess from the the optics of what happened. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. You know, he busted in this annoying fashion. And for what it's worth, for context, there were still like 27 people left. David Peters actually busted like two people later. Yeah. They were very far away from the money. This wasn't like... Uh, it wasn't a stone bubble. This, this wasn't a brewer scenario where like he just bubbled the... Ace King versus the Deuce 7 or whatever. The 10-6 or the 10-4 or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Uh, the 300K. So he put a lot of importance on this hand because he probably felt like a lot of his summer had been riding on it, right? This yeah. Is a, it, it wasn't the it wasn't the dollar amount. It was the opportunity cost. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting ejected from this event meant he will no longer be playing for four million dollars, and he would have to now incur a five hundred k loss. Right. right. Remaining in the event means that he has not uh, accepted this five hundred k loss yet. The dream's not dead, and he still might make money. Right. Right. Um. So obviously, like, it's petulant. Let's call a spade a spade. Uh, I'm not going to be a Daniel defender on. Uh, saying that like this is a good look by any stretch of the imagination, right? Mm-hmm. He smashed a piece of his own equipment in a public arena while cameras are rolling. He's the biggest thing in poker by such a long shot, right? How he carries himself has weight. Uh, people are going to make judgments off of that. People are going to judge his character off of that, rightfully or wrongfully so. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility to being in the spotlight. He acknowledges that responsibility all the time, and nobody is more gracious with the spotlight than Daniel. 100%. But these are some of his shortcomings, right? And everyone has them. So the question then becomes, do we accept that of our public figures? Do we accept that they're human? Do we excuse that they're human? Before I kind of answer that, I want to just draw a parallel to uh, other competitive arenas and why I think that like this human aspect of it isn't as inflammatory as we may believe it to be at first glance. So uh, not that poker is a sport necessarily, but it's a competitive arena. And if we look at any professional sport, we see these outbursts of emotion all the time yeah people yeah. throw helmets people throw like they sit down and like throw Break a towel their tennis down like, McEnroe, as, uh, McEnroe is for yeah I, I mean there are or... there are famous athletes <clears throat> that are adored by all who just had tempers right yeah. the well, macro is a good example they're fiercely competitive if you're in the top level of your sport or your whatever you're doing you're going to be extremely competitive and part of what comes with that is there's emotions when you when you don't compete in the a way lot, you want to or a, you don't you know a get lot the of competitive arenas don't require rationality at your peak performance right uh and a lot of times emotion taking over can get you to that next gear right mm-hmm. now poker probably 
doesn't benefit you from being irrational and emotional. Right. Right. But we do see but if characters. If you've already busted, then. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, but we do see characters that fuel themselves through emotion and do really well. Scott Seaver comes to mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like he openly admits mm -hmm. that he accepts that he's an emotional creature. Yeah. Uh, the big thing I want to highlight, though, is that none of these tangents are targeted towards anybody, right? No. They're all self isolated right. yeah so when bo jackson breaks a bat over his knee when john mcenroe smashes a, a when, tennis racket when big poppy just destroyed the, the phone the bullpen phone with the bat. yeah yeah uh the the dude from the pirates that i hated uh you rodriguez. a lot of people from the pirates no rodriguez he was the worst a rod no yeah. sean rod sean rod sean rod just absolutely love sean rod up a gatorade bucket just <laughs> he, was he was literally the one two Respect. right it's like it's like this stuff happens uh, you know in football we see it all the time helmets getting smashed against the bench yeah never is it directed at anybody and i no. think that that's important context to apply to daniel here because was he being a petulant child overreacting to something out of his control yes did he at least have the awareness or or internally by default did he channel that uh outburst towards something inanimate that had nothing to do with anybody else also yes yeah so i bring all of this up because the counter argument that came heavily from bonomo's side was that this is a display of violence and that this is uh first and foremost a big reason why women are uncomfortable in the arena and i think that there's something to be said about that because all these sports examples i'm giving are isolated scenarios where it's only men Mm -hmm. right there's no women on a football field there's no women on a baseball diamond mm -hmm. there's no women in a hockey arena uh outside of fans obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, but like actually in competition there's nobody within the the space. the the space of of harm mm -hmm. uh that's female so the analogy breaks down there whenever it comes to poker because there are in poker it's not your direct competitors right yeah. it's everybody who's on looking as well yeah. And there are females in this arena, and I could see where something like that would be incredibly jarring. Um, Schwann actually replied to, uh, I think it was Bonomo. Uh, yeah, so she says, as somebody who uh, has been through a variety of domestic violence situations, uh, I would have a negative visceral reaction to this, but I don't expect to police people's genuine emotions. Yeah. And... Um, you know, people who use aggression to intimidate and control others uh, intentionally to make them feel unsafe are the bad actors. Yeah. I don't believe that's what Dean Eggs was right, doing. Like here. he wasn't no. attacking the Turnic Master in this no. instance. If, right. and it's, if there, I was sorry, gonna say, go if there was a um, a woman at the table, maybe he doesn't. He doesn't do this. Or maybe, right. We don't know. Right. We don't, we don't, we don't know. know. But, but but you know, he might have acted differently. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I thought Schwann's take there was really well put. Uh, I think that it creates the right framing. Yeah around all of this because i think bonobo's point is valid in a vacuum but it's not mm -hmm. directly applicable here and i saw too many people running with that narrative of this is violence yeah right like this is not violence yeah violence is violence like violence is easily identified mm -hmm. violence is like he starts squaring up against d peters like hoping he, he gets him in a fist fight right. well, it's it, worth, if i did this shit i'd probably be banned from w yeah that's a whole Stop, yeah. stop. Don't derail the conversation, please. Please, because right. yes, you're right. Different but like, that's a right. different conversation that we'll have down the line. Uh, as somebody who's grown up literally witnessing violence, mm -hmm. seeing my mother thrown through walls, seeing guns put in her mouth, seeing her get black eye, like 
That is true violence. You recognize yeah. a threat yeah. when you see one. Yeah. Seeing a selfie stick getting broken is a petulant child. This is a toy it's like getting a, smashed because you didn't get your way. Yeah. Like there's a temper and it's tantrum his happening selfie and, stick. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but we both grew up around a lot of violence and a lot of that type of stuff. And those there are real like triggers and things from that. But I've always had the stance that if you have triggers like you can't walk around in the world I, I did this i walked around in the world expecting the world to you know adjust for me because of everything Cater, that i've been of. through and that's an absolutely miserable way to live you cannot live that way because the world will never adjust to you right you can never expect to control everything and everyone around yeah. you and like an unfortunately but also fortunately because it's in your control those triggers are your responsibility to you know get help for or get the support you need for and you, you things are going to happen in the world like there's things yeah. that are going to freak you out yeah if that's something like you know in other people's eyes that looks minor if that's something in your eyes that like completely takes you back to a place where you feel out of like out of your body out of control like that's a message to you like you have a trigger that needs to be worked on so that you can feel safe in the world yeah like when it comes to the whole reaction like selfie stick slamming done whatever it's not just an isolated instance i'd say and like probably a culmination of everything else that's happened during the summer as well like yeah. i've had high equity spots i've lost like this is a big spot i've lost like i'm just upset right but it's not a targeted attack he's not doing it to be mean or angry or yeah it, it was definitely someone a build else. up it was a build yeah. up of emotions like, yeah, like i see right. people get angry at the poker table all the right. time like they start it's slamming like, the table he, and probably, laughing. he probably wanted to explode about three or four or five times and he didn't this is the last and then this was just yeah. the last yeah, yeah. this the is the last the yeah, yeah i, I think fuck. that like what needs to be acknowledged is that when these things happen that person who's genuinely rational most of the time yeah is just not at that point mm -hmm. and the the thing that I, I didn't really tweet much about this because i don't think that this is a conversation for twitter at all no. right? it's it's a long form combo but yeah. one of the things that i did say is that every person who enters the arena of gambling has a point or a threshold there's a dollar amount or an opportunity lost mm -hmm. that is significant enough that will take you to the point of emotional outburst pain threshold right? yeah you you just can't help but break yeah. and we see it all the time it's just we're so much more forgiving of some versus others right like he broke a selfie stick and that is a tantrum from the from the viewer's eyes that's the yeah. optics right so we we shun it we we judge it heavily right. like, oh, and somehow bad. we we make these mental gymnastics to equate it to violence right mm -hmm. but had he cried that's suddenly noble yeah mm -hmm. right. why they're both they're both outpouring of emotion, yeah. right? Right. I think that they're both completely fine. And, and the other thing is, like, there was a lot of talk of had he done this privately, then it's fine. And all you're basically saying is that as a human being, you're not allowed to be your authentic self if in any way, shape, or form it alienates another human being. Yeah. And Bonomo went so far as to say, like, if uh, obviously he was being hyperbolic, but he basically said, like, if I thought tying my shoes would upset 10% of the people around me, I would never tie my shoes in public. And it's like, okay, like, this is overcorrecting. We can't be that, like, Melissa's point is so valid, and I thought Schwann did a great job of, of articulating it as well. It's like, the world will not overcorrect for mm -hmm. your sensitivities, mm -hmm. yeah. right? 
it, it's, it's just very unfair. Like yeah. maybe I'm not comfortable seeing a grown man cry in public. Are you going to not cry because of that? Or is he a bad person for crying? Yeah. Because like, no, right. that's a me problem. And I'm yeah. sure that like, even in the instance of like the stuff getting thrown or whatever, like no one was within range of getting injured. Like there was never but, a target. Right, because if that were the case, that'd be a different story. The problem is also this is done in a moment of emotion, and like you don't know if there's somebody behind you. So like, like if you're saying this is emotion done in emotion, then you're breaking this selfie stick and throwing it behind you, and you don't know who's there. You don't no, know you anything. Didn't, you didn't see the video, huh? You didn't see the video. He didn't throw it blindly. Um, oh. But anyway, even if what you're saying were true, he would have those ramifications to deal yeah. with. Right. Nobody's excusing. The, the byproduct of emotion. Yeah. Had he murdered somebody in a fit of rage, he would have the ramifications to deal with. He would yeah. not be a poker star anymore, correct. <laughs> but we could all he say that we, we, we at least theoretically could understand emotion bubbling over to that point. We yeah. don't, we don't uh, like, I would never want to present myself that way, yeah. but I understand. Right, like you're not the one that has to live with these consequences. Right? Right. Has, Neg has Negrano made a, a statement about this at all? Yeah, but it's terrible. Okay. His take is terrible. <laughs> I, yeah, I, His vlog I today was terrible. Uh, like, Daniel deserves a lot of criticism, but he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it to the point of uh, being called an abuser or being called violent, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. His take today on his vlog, uh, I... I Debated on bringing it up or not, but it was basically just an ad hominem attack on Bonomo. And that's that's the problem, is that Bonomo is actually making good faith points. Right. They're extreme. They're overly sensitive, yeah, in my opinion. I mean, they are good. They're coming from a good place, but I really agreed with what Liv was saying, that it's extremely infantilizing, that he's just grouping all women together and saying, well, women are going to feel unsafe. I'm sorry, but men also have domestic violence triggers. Yeah. Like, let's not section that out either. And it's not just about, like, like it's just no one, no one elected you as the the female protector. Like, we don't, we're not all agreeing that this is like, you know, I don't right. like being the take isn't the I same. I don't like being grouped together and infantilized by someone who is not qualified to be like the speaker of all of us. Right, it's right. just, it's very annoying that that happens. Yeah, I think we do this too much in this community as a whole because on average, it's a high intellect community. On average, it's a progressive community. On average, everybody is putting in some level of work to be better. But the problem is, is that it comes off uh, so incredibly privileged and Holy so incredibly... Pompous. You would think that it's like a, a kindergarten teacher like protecting his kindergartners. And it's like we're not like beneath you that you need to like group us all together and protect us. Like this is just it's not helping. I, I truly opinion. don't and think it, that was his intent though. I, I think his true intent was to frame it in that way in order to uh perhaps have a, a, a guy who would never consider those things yeah. think differently about it. The problem is your point is correct. It, it's reductive to women it's in a certain way. It's reductive, and it's also reductive to men who, who experience plenty of violence in their lives, potentially more than women. And like, they also have a lot of trauma issues with that, that it's a big problem, in my opinion, like in the world that we gloss over that and men are just sort of I mean, expected to, to not have that stuff. To, to defend Bonomo a little bit, he, he was speaking to the overall aggregate. It was just in his poll, uh, 
the way the the splits were most men were not uncomfortable mm-hmm. there was a small subsection that mm-hmm. would have been yeah and then 50 percent of women were and 50 percent weren't right? right so it becomes easy to highlight yeah the the like marginalized group that yeah. has the larger number i mean for what it's worth i didn't even see the poll so it's probably like there's a little bit of a sampling bias yeah. here yeah 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 no no for sure there is but uh i i want to add better context to yeah what I think his intention was right. and what his message overall was. Right. Cause I don't think that he's, I don't think he's wrong necessarily. And I don't think he's doing that poor of a job. I think it's the messaging that needs a lot of work Yeah, and that it's, it's so forced. Um, when, you know, effectively like it, as a society, we've come to, to the, to the belief of like, if the majority believe in something, we'll kind of accept that as, uh, a, a societal law, so to speak. Abortion being a great example. Like, I don't want to get into the Roe v. Wade, but obviously, I think everybody with a rational brain is on the side that this is uh, a, a disaster that's been overturned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason for that is that the simple majority of Americans are on the side of Roe v. Wade, right? right? So, as a society, we have accepted this is a common practice. Now, the minority voices have gotten loud enough and positioned themselves politically enough to overturn the majority. That's a problem. That doesn't happen mm-hmm. often, and that's where our government begins to fail us, right? right. The same thing holds true whenever we're talking about uh, you know, social standards, so to speak, and how you carry yourself, your conduct, your public conduct, whatever the case may be. Like, when the simple majority is basically saying, like, look, in everyday life, this happens across the board in all competitive arenas, mm-hmm. and not only are we all okay with it, but the majority of us actually, like find it to be somewhat entertaining, uh, somewhat of a spectacle. You can relate to it. Somewhat, some, some can relate to it, some can't. Uh, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that it's very clear that it's a small fraction that take issue. And I applaud Bonomo for speaking up for that small fraction yeah. because he has a platform and a voice that they necessarily don't, right? So it's good. The, the problem is... I don't think he's going to change the mind of anyone in the simple majority by basically speaking in a condescending tone that implies they're too boorish to understand what a highbrow human being who thinks about others uh, would, would actually handle themselves in this situation, right? Because the, the, the simple majority that says, this isn't that bad, man, it ain't that big of a deal, are not saying... I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of us would never carry ourselves the way right. Negreanu did, right? It's a bit of an embarrassment. Yeah. But this isn't new for him. He's an emotional creature. When he busted 11th in the main event in 2017 or 16, whenever McKeon won it, mm-hmm. uh, that, was a, that, that was an epic moment in his career. This was, you know, the guy McKeon was worth... Trying to get us who knows how much money? It wasn't the about the money, right? He's a queen for the straight! That's it? And he cuts down Daniel Negreanu. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Joe felt bad. laying on the ground. <laughs> 11, 14 years ago, it's just like, 11th again. It's relatable. Negreanu visibly Young Joe McKeon, that thing is happy. <laughs> that, that is as much an outpouring of emotion as throwing a selfie stick is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But we absolutely adored that moment right yeah. because it's innocent and mm-hmm. it's so relatable yeah <laughs> you know like that picture uh 
I think it, I think the the photo of him falling onto the ground won a GPI award, or at least it was nominated for one. Right. I didn't even yeah, know this yeah. happened until now. Yeah, no, it was like <laughs> such an epic moment, and and for everybody who is on the side of like. Uh, it's not okay to throw the selfie stick because of what it does to onlookers and, and yada, yada, yada. It's like, okay, but at that same juncture, you watched a man crumble to his knees, basically, mm-hmm. over the turn of a card yeah. where an opportunity was yanked away from him, mm-hmm. and you related. You yeah. empathized, yeah. right? Yeah. So what you're actually pouring out against is how a human being demonstrates an emotional reaction now. And that's not for us to judge. No. Barring any sort of like real damage being done, you know, we, we, we should just accept to some degree. Yeah, I think, and also I feel like there's an important line to draw between him and, because I've been very outspoken against uh, the types of outbursts that Helmuth does. And to me, there's, two, there's one big distinction is that uh, a lot of the Helmuth outbursts don't, really seem very genuine they're kind of putting on a show that's just sort of out of line they're also directed at other people and um or the building burning the building down he's attacking specific people but when it's an a genuine emotion that you see like they're actually feeling something in that moment because of that opportunity that was ripped away from them like to me i appreciate seeing the genuine emotion that people have because yeah. I feel that too and at a much lower level. So knowing that it's still okay to have like feelings about... In my opinion, this was an opportunity to crucify Helmuth, not Nagranu. It yeah. was an opportunity to show like, yeah, this is petulance, but it's not aimed at another human being. Yeah. This guy, however, is a verbal abuser yeah. of his opponents. And uh, Which you makes know, people ju- uncomfortable. Yeah, not just uncomfortable, but like that's Mad. you know, if you if you want to start to if you want to start to take some leaps yeah. uh-huh. uh, of what's actually going on, calling Daniel throwing a selfie stick violent to me is ridiculous. Yeah. Calling Phil Helmuth a, a verbal abuser yeah. though, not I'm that not gonna lo- lie. Like if I was on the receiving end of that, I would probably cry. Right. Like I would probably cry. <laughs> Which is yeah. you know a very reasonable response. Uh, we we saw the Matt Affleck get pulled up here. Uh, I think this is another cu- clear example of. You know, raw emotion Ugh. in in the in the heat of battle, right? Five hundred K for fifteenth, respect, but damn. So pain. Like this is heartbreaking to all of us, right? Yeah. Everyone's so happy for him, but at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So brutal. God. <sighs> I want to cry just looking at I it. Know. So, I know. So what <laughs> you don't see in that up. clip, what you don't see in that clip, uh, you can cut away. Uh, water yeah, that's actually all after the fact, right? Yeah. Right. The before the fact was he stormed off stage, uh-huh. threw a water, water bottle, bottle, you know, just pure outrage. And again, this is one of those things where it's like this small subsection that's calling Daniel violent in this particular instance is kind of not just okay with, but almost <clears throat> empathetic to a Matt Affleck in this instance because... What's a water bottle going to do to somebody? And, you know, nobody was around. He did it, quote unquote, in private, yeah. except there was a camera following him. So yeah. now it became... Bo- and he had and a it's, microphone I'm not trying to crucify Matt. I think, like, my heart breaks when I watch that clip of him, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's, it's just a different version of a tantrum whenever we're talking. Like, at the same time, we're just grown adults 
or, or we're just grown babies in adult yeah. bodies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Certain things break us. Yeah. We're emotional creatures. Right? That's yeah. who we are. It's like... Well, and know. they care. I mean, they care about the game they're playing. Yeah. Like, a lot. That's why they've gotten to where they have. Like, right. Definitely the biggest moment of his life at that point. For sure. Like, for know. sure. And, and, you know, uh, I guess I'll, I'll end the, 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 the talk on violence and stuff like that with this, is that the idea that doing it... Pu- uh, publicly is somehow um, representative of somebody who's a potential abuser versus privately where it's somehow just acceptable to me is insane. Yeah. The guy who goes home and punches a wall is the guy you should be afraid of. He's smiling around, you know, in public and then he's like, like I've known, you know, I grew up with this. I grew up with this. Like where if anyone else were to walk in the room, Oh, hi, how are you? But like, as soon as they leave, it's like I'm being punched in the face. Of so course, it's it's, it's the person different. who has a a breath to calm down and become rational again that chooses not to that escalates it in their own mind. Yeah. Right. That's who you should be concerned with. And it's like again for the umpteenth time, I'm not letting Daniel off the hook. I think what he did is optically horrible, and I think the fact that like he wasn't both embarrassed and apologetic is. It signifies a, a problem. He's grown too comfortable with being his quote-unquote authentic self in the spotlight. Yeah, right? like it's okay to make a mistake if you like realize it's kind of an error. If it's like, oh, like I kind of overreacted, like even I'll, I'll, I'll be better about it, right? But but that, there's easy pushback from him on that. It's not a mistake. It was emotion. Emotion's not a mistake, right? Right. That's that's not the point I'm trying to arrive at. What I'm trying to say is that uh, having an outpour of emotion in a, a public manner that you are not proud of there after the fact yeah to me is something to uh to be apologetic for right Mm -hmm. to recognize that what bottom was saying is true maybe 10 percent of the people in the room were very viscerally uncomfortable with what just happened you owe them an apology you do Mm -hmm. you absolutely do yeah does that mean that you shouldn't you shouldn't ever have an outpour of emotion in the in the future no that's not what's being said at least that's not what i'm saying right like i will accept you as your authentic self doing what you just did but you owe an apology to the small fraction of people that this absolute alienated. Wow, someone yeah. in chat had a genius idea that a, you know those, those uh, smash rooms? Yeah. Where you can go in and smash like stuff? Too much, too have one of those at the World Series? at WSOP. Oh, oh God, yeah. Man. Wow. Too much too million had that. They had a little like bad beat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had yeah, they had like, like, so, like that's what that was breaking that's where I came from. baseball bats and shit, like breaking vases. You guys want to go to one? I've never been. Nah, I haven't really had that much like anger to. Same. Uh, I, I don't get. After, nice. after the world, yeah, <laughs> after the main nice. event, main event bus. Yeah, Matt for the main event. It's hard to get. No, it's easy to get me angry, but we're not gonna talk about it. You get angry at the fucking. We get, get, we just everything. shout. I get angry yeah. when he looks at me in a condescending way because it's mean. It, it goes from zero to one hundred. It's Suddenly not hundred. Suddenly, everyone's You've never, screaming. You haven't seen a hundred. All right. The thing is, well, that, whatever. I think Landon so, and I both don't have a high degree of anger, uh, and it just like rests somewhere between like uh, like anger and sadness kind of overlap a lot with us. So like our expression is not punching things or hitting things or anything like that. We just get loud. We get yeah. very yeah, man, very you, loud. If you bust the main event, say like 115th this year, you might smash something. <laughs> I busted like I busted like 190th last year. 
Yeah, well, 150-50. This, like this year's different. Bitcoin is the last higher I like throwing stuff. I think he'll just, yeah. like, curl into a ball and cry <laughs> for many days. No, that's the thing. Is, like, I just don't, I don't really ever reach the extremes. I don't really ever cry. I don't really ever get violent. But, like, I rest yeah, somewhere in between yeah, where I get cry. loud and shout. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, or I'll pick an argument. Yes. Well, arguing is fun. That's, uh, yeah, it's just for enjoyment. It's fun. For, it's fun yeah. for, it's I do, uh, do want to circle back on a point that Conrad made, though, that was incredibly uh, valid in the sense that there's also a certain level of uh, excusing this type of behavior for somebody of Negreanu's profile. Mm -hmm. Like, Conrad's 100% right. If he did this in whatever mixed game event that he's playing for the day <laughs> that he doesn't know the rules to, he's fucking out. Yeah. Like, at a minimum, he's going to get penalized. At a maximum, he's going to get 86. Yeah. Right. right. And that obviously isn't fair. The counter that I would slightly say is that anybody in the 250K that did that would not get penalized, in my opinion. I don't mm -hmm. think there's a single person in a buy-in that large that throws a selfie stick and gets booted out of the casino. Right. Uh, maybe I'm wrong because there might be a couple, like, uh, fringe bad actors, so to speak. Yeah. Like... Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who's just like always a problem that would potentially pay or play uh, that high stakes. Like maybe the guy who final tabled that was like constantly needling people oh, the entire yeah. time. Uh huh. Um, he, he, we looked him up and every video was like, yeah, disrespects oh, uh, everyone at the Ma table. Martin Cabral. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if a guy like that, you know, there might be a, a, a or or a guy like William Kasuf, right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Like this becomes an opportunity I now saw for him the in TD. Barcelona playing um, five five PLO. Really? Yeah. Wow, he's still in the grind. Good yeah. for him. Um, checking that, checking that with guys like that, this becomes an opportunity to set an example out of them, right? And and basically punish them for past uh, past actions mm -hmm. that weren't really punishable. Like right. you were just annoying for yeah. five days of the main event. Yeah. And, I couldn't do anything to you then, but you threw a selfie stick now. So get right. the fuck out of here. Right? <laughs> so like that kind of thing. Um, in general, though, what should be very clearly understood is that this won't be accepted or tolerated by any reasonable TD or floor person or, or whatever the case may be amongst the populace. This is very much a privilege to playing nosebleeds, yeah. to being a VIP, to mm -hmm. being where Daniel is in the game. Uh, and I think that it's fine to acknowledge that that exists and also fine that there's a barrier from this happening at a wider scale, right? There, there absolutely should be. We're, we're not condoning this behavior, right? Nobody's saying that throwing things whenever you are not getting your way is a, is a proper way to handle a situation. But I'm saying it happens. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, that's kind of a thing. I can live with it. Um, I, I don't really have a lot more to say. I, I know I did the majority of the talking here, so like, if, if there are any points that you guys wanted to double back on, by all means, pretty good. Uh, go nuts. Connor got that look in his eye. No, not about this. Oh, go ahead. What? <laughs> He's thinking about that Deuce Seven tournament. Mm -hmm. No, um, uh, can you pull up um, Veronica's? Why? Is this an emergency update? Oh, well, we have a friend that's deep in the tag team event. Oh. Jin? Uh, Christian Soto, yes. <laughs> Jin. And he, um... What did he do? He just doubled up, but Veronica took a video of him while he was sitting uh -oh. at the tag team event. And Jeff brought up a very quick, good question. Yeah. I just wanted everybody to okay. see. Okay, I'm excited. 
Just click on Veronica's Twitter. Yeah. Now scroll. 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 No. There. Uh, <laughs> so the question that the question at hand is, who the fuck wears headphones in the tag team event? Jesus <laughs> <laughs> fucking Christ, Jim. What a misrag. What a misrag. I, I had to get the, the video up there for everybody uh. to see him with his headphones on, but you know. Play on. What are I you mean, listening to? What do you mean? He was at the table with Veronica. I'd be wearing him full blast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, Veronica. Besties never following you on Twitter, though. <laughs> God, that's my favorite bit that just happened by accident. I, I, I can't get enough of it. It's been five years now? Have we decided how long 2017 till now is yet? Yeah, it's five years. It's August it's five years? 20... 22 it's up oh no, no i wasn't talking about the bed anymore oh, okay. i'm just saying like yeah, in general yeah. so yeah five years five years since she made that meme of me uh and for five years she's asked me to follow her back on twitter and i, I won't do you it just won't do it never <laughs> never man it's not gonna Pretty happen great. um i saw something in the chat who said it who said it who said it uh Ephro said uh in, in form of punishment uh, doesn't it stand to reason that Bonobo was making a good point saying that uh, Negrano should incur some small penalty so that this doesn't happen mm. in the future? Basically saying, like, by this going unpenalized, uh, a certain precedent is set. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's I, I, point. It's, it's, it's valid, but I just think that, like, no one in their right mind thinks that they're on the same level of operation as Negrano. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, people don't... People are not going to think that, like, there's no consequences for themselves. Yeah. Just because they, there wasn't any consequences for Negroni. They don't look at that it. and think, like, that's so cool or anything. <laughs> some you know? do. Some, you some probably do. Yeah. Uh, and some probably do consider themselves to be a, high, a, a big enough name or a high-profile enough pro uh -huh. that, like, this they is... think that's so cool that he did that. But also it's just like, okay, so, like, someone else in the future maybe throws a selfie stick. Like... What what what's what's the ram of, or or what's, what's the how does this play out right yeah. Yeah, like a, if a chip gets thrown at somebody like I'll be the first one there condemning this human mm -hmm. being like if if somebody you know has a, a a visual outburst where they are harming people around them either with words or with actions or, or whatever the case may be like yeah. burn them at the stake yeah you know like get a get a hold of yourself man you're yeah. a grown up hmm. it's like this guy's out here. I, I don't want to sound like an, an Agrano apologist because there's so much about this that I don't agree with. And I hope that I've highlighted that throughout enough, enough. You, you but have. it's also just like <laughs> this guy's doing hundreds of hours of vlog footage throughout a summer where he's getting torched for millions of dollars. Yeah. And like, you know, he wanted to throw a selfie stick. Maybe it was to dramatize things. Maybe it was for the vlog. I don't give All a I'm shit. All I'm saying is if Helmuth is not getting punished for what he right. does, then no, absolutely yeah, not. I, I think that that's because a really... What Helmuth does because is a lot worse. That's also much more likely worse. to be emulated right. is the verbal abuse exactly. that other right. players that's, for that's why you know, it's playing so much bad worse. against. It's, it he's attacking other horrible. people. He's verbally abusing yeah. other people, which is, is completely separate from what DeGron yeah. DeGrano was doing. Yeah, so I, if he's not getting penalized, then no. Right, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, again, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. I think this was an opportunity to shift the narrative to really crucify behaviors similar to Helmuth's rather than to take this isolated incident mm -hmm. and make the leap to violence. Curiosity question. Yep. How many people do you think have been banned from WSOP 
that have done less than Hellmuth? Depends what you define as less. Because there are certain oh. things that are like <laughs> that are auto bans. Yeah, yeah. So not yeah. like taking out the auto bans. Like like I'm thinking of like uh, um, what's his name? Sam Panzico. Uh, yeah. yeah, like that's just an auto ban. Like yeah, it's less. It's way less. Right? But you just can't say that shit. Before we was legal, like smoking, everyone used to smoke in the Rio parking lot. Many, and, and they caught you, they could just auto How many people have even and, been like banned from WSOP? Like uh, a handful, right? It's I not mean, a lot. It's not like 50 people, right? I mean, I'm sure there's been. Yeah. I mean, I'm people. sure there's 50 people, yeah, but not, not known and not for sure. small. Well, yeah. I was actually just asking from WSOP because a lot of people are banned from Caesar's property. Like sure. people are just banned from like that casino and sure, yeah. but like I just mean like known known people in the community that we know are banned like you know I mean, there are a lot of examples of this jungle man uh must have been like 2015 or 16 was in bobby's room lost a pot and just winged a whiskey glass against the wall what and he got permaban from mgm and it was reversed like a day later <laughs> Yo, Bobby. he just welled a whiskey, <laughs> yeah. a whiskey uh, i mean like th this stuff isn't unheard of and i understand yeah. and i i sympathize with like Bonomo's perspective. I just think the problem is that whenever you're advocating for a small group already that lacks a voice, it's hard not to go to the extremes to present your point. And unfortunately, like that's what I feel like happened here. So now a lot of your valid points fall on deaf ears. And I don't think that that's ever going to change, right? Like it's really hard to sway. This is why politics is such a... Uh, a weird game where the least qualified are often the biggest winners because they're great at swaying public perception a tick or two in the direction that they want them to go. They're, they're charismatic. They're smooth. They're very careful with the word choices and they toe the line of the center without going hard radical one way or the other. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I want to see a lot of things change in this industry too, but I, especially having grown up like in an athletic world, I don't want to see people stop being humans, right? Like I, I don't want to see sports turn into some robotic competition between people where the outcome doesn't really matter anymore. And all that matters is that they execute the strategy. I don't yeah. want to see poker go that way either. Like we can't on one hand complain that there aren't enough personalities. And then on the other hand, absolutely destroy the ones that exist yeah it seems i don't know man I, I just think we shoot ourselves in the foot so often whenever we take these really um nuanced highbrow approaches to uh, a problem that like does it of all the problems that exist in poker this isn't it mm -mm. this just isn't it like <laughs> and you know i don't want to speak on behalf of women like you you would have better experience than me but it's like for as much harassment as women take in this, this arena is not yeah i i don't think that I mean, they i can't speak for all women either but this is not this is not what we're talking about when we're talking about harassment like the harassment that happens at the table is like uh, somebody soliciting you for sex work at the right. table which has happened to me a few times or you know or like some derivative thereof or like, someone mm -hmm. who like conrad was there when a guy was just like intensely on me like table talking like crazy like you don't want to play with me like have you ever even played cards? Like just like going after me, like targeting me. <laughs> and it was very blatant and everyone at the table knew it, but it's just like, it's shit like that that happens. It's not like somebody emoting completely 
not relevant to me. Right. You know, it's it's the stuff where guys are being creepy or it's like, I don't want to walk to the parking lot late at night without my taser in my hand because some guy was being really fucking out of line. Right. So it's shit like that. It's not it's not Negranu emoting because he yeah, lost a hand. I, I, think, I think that like, you know, they would say that, well, this is only one derivative away from that type of behavior. And maybe that's true. Like, I certainly am not going to pretend like I know nearly enough. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, just as a culture, and by no means do I think our culture gets it all right. But as a culture, like, there are just certain behaviors that are rather innocuous. And seeing people show emotions, uh, it just doesn't mean anything to me if... You know, like this, this, this happened last year in the ladies' event, uh, where where Bunny was being threatened with a penalty, mm, yeah, because she was having, uh, well, I don't remember all the details, so I don't, I don't want to speak too much on it, but uh, it was something to the effect of uh, her having some sort of outburst. Uh, yeah. I believe it was because Poker News wasn't reporting on yeah. her, um, but in any in any event, she she was like, you know, shouting. It's like, do I think this is appropriate? No. Do I think she should be kicked out of the WSOP? No. No. Like, do yeah. I think that this even deserves a one-round one round penalty? It depends. Who's she shouting at? Well, yeah. If it's at the air, right? no. If it's at a reporter, yeah. Yeah, if it's but at it's the because, other players, yeah. Yeah, it's because it's directed at someone, not because, you know, she's being outwardly emotional like yeah. I, I just don't care about that like right. you know uh, it, it's weird we accept crying and not uh, i don't know I, I just see this intertwining between sadness and anger and maybe that's just a, a, a me thing but um I, I think that there should be outlets to express both and it certainly shouldn't be going home and kicking the dog right because yeah. I, I, I would assume in this case like when it comes to the difference between like sadness and anger is like when you cry that's internal Right, right. Like you're internally like expressing stuff for yourself where sometimes when you're angry it can sometimes be taken as you taking that aggression or whatever you're feeling out on someone well, yeah, else I mean, which could be yeah, jarring that's the it's the <laughs> big difference is that a lot of people will not a lot of people but in instances where people act out of emotion in a way that's harmful to someone else is not because of crying it's right. like it doesn't start with them crying and being yeah, you know sulking like, it starts with them getting fired up and right. angry people say so, like don't yell at me not don't cry at me so yeah right. so they'll, they'll see it as like if someone was like in a traumatized state or something yeah, they'll see it as that's oh this, it's coming like this is a precursor right here comes here comes the getting, force of yeah. anger from someone else externally right right yeah all right all right <laughs> what are you guys okay. gonna do today we're going Bro, to eat, and mean? then we're filming. We're all, oh, we're yeah. all together, together today. together. I'm gonna what walk downstairs, <laughs> set up the table. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Go, yeah, go get some food, and then come back. Unfortunately, uh, there's no $600 deep stack for in your future. This is true. Yeah. I'm out yeah. on that. Um, I'm so sorry. So everybody's next event then is the bounty. Yeah, it seems that way. Which Are you Tuesday? playing? What? Well, let me Whatever check Tuesday. the schedule. I don't Let's know. Check the yeah, schedule. I was looking. I'm pretty sure it's the bounty. Well, for me, it is. Landon and I are playing. Okay, uh, so it is June 26th. Tuesday and Wednesday, Landon and I are playing Poker Out Loud for the subsite. Okay. Uh, yep. You today, to we're playing Poker Out Loud watch that. for YouTube. Tuesday, uh, the 27th is, uh, the 28th is the Super Seniors event, Melissa. Oh, so you can oh, see oh that. wait. Okay, so. I'm playing that. Yeah, anyone, <laughs> uh, I 
got a couple DMs about the seniors event, and I totally forgot to respond. Hey, yo, grandpa, slide on in. I do want action in the super seniors. So if you are also playing that, let me know. Wink, wink, okay, trying so, to get some action. So, so Wednesday, Wednesday oh, is the I ladies' get my event. Wet. Ladies' event Wednesday. Oh yeah, you're playing ladies', ladies events. Yeah. yeah, I'm in the ladies', ladies event. event Wednesday, and then there is a super turbo bounty Ooh. on Wednesday. That sounds like a Conrad Ooh. themed How event. Much is that sounds fun. Oh, that's me. Are this you is sure a Conrad themed event. Yes. No way. Wednesday, I saw that. I'm the happiest person in the world. I thought I missed the only one. I would like to continue. That's all that matters. Conrad fired up, dude. 1500 Super Turbo Bounty No Limit Hold'em Freeze Out. Starts at 1 p.m. I want to play it. Wednesday, January I think that I'm going to play tournaments this week. I am. I know I'm going to play. By the way, you collect your money from Chin. Thursday is the 3K Freeze Out. Thursday? Oh, okay. So that'll be the next thing I play. And then Friday is the mini main. Is it? Well, they don't call it one. 30 minutes? Yeah. God damn. No, day one's 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Okay, 40, 60 is fine. It's 40, 60. 40, 60 structure is fine. Start with 40K chips. I take that back. Okay, so Thursday 3K will be the next event we all play. And by we all, I mean me and Landon. Yeah. Uh, Melissa will be in the ladies' event on Wednesday. You'll be winning the ladies' event. Winning, Blink. winning. I will, oh. not, I will not call off a jam after she says, ooh, good time to get these with a student. Listen. I go, well, in theory, it calls, call. Just use aces. You know she what they, you know what they say? Me. With age comes wisdom. Yes, I will wiser. not be calling that this time. Yeah. No, au no cl auto click call. <laughs> Next Thank event you. for all, actually. I'm excited. Be the, uh, uh, online 500 tomorrow. Tomorrow's an online 600, but we're playing poker out loud, so yeah. you can win that as well. You can win two bracelets in a week. Yeah, Conrad can I'll play. See you guys later. You can see Con Conrad's eyes right now are just massive. We should all buy a piece. <laughs> I know. Like, it's like he just he just took a <laughs> he just like, took a hit of crack just hearing the super turbo. <laughs> no, you guys don't understand how sad I was when I thought I missed the only super turbo to get fucking 195th in the fucking millie maker. Mm. Okay. Listen, Conrad. Yeah. Conrad, your time is post-main event. Yeah. Post-main event is the Conrad series, the Conrad circuit of gambling. Sweet, <laughs> sweet spot post-main event. Lot of, A lot like, of one, so these two guys tell me There's fucking life left in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so my legs are still fucking moving. Right? Said, <laughs> we're halfway, man. We're You're not trying done. to tell me I still got track to run on. Yeah. The <laughs> rabbi so has legs. The rabbi Take a look at that post-main schedule. You'll, you'll, you'll be happy. Listen, um, I don't look at schedule. I show up. I know, that's true. What do yeah, you got, what do you got for me? Because if you looked at schedules, you would know that the last half is his half. Yeah. All right, the hopium is high. Oh my god! Let's get it popping. You're not even playing an event today. <laughs> we got to be playing an event today. You're playing poker out loud. Oh, I'm gonna fucking wreck you guys today. We thought we were playing today. Deuce to Seven. That's the reason. best part. You thought we were playing. Should we play games? like a hand of Deuce to Seven? Well, at least one. One hand. One hand to Deuce. Yeah, we just won't tell Conrad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't uh, five I don't think the graphics can handle guys, that. Guys, if you have any ideas for things we should do during it, comment. Yeah. If it comes to throwing we, stuff, crying. We have a big week of content creation ahead of us this week. Uh, the main yeah. event comes up this weekend. A lot to look forward to. Uh, we appreciate you guys, as always, for tuning in. Please like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you think about the Dneg's oh, Bonomo situation, what you would have done differently, whose side you're on, etc. Um, as far as uh, the rest of the week, I think the team will be here every day. Yep. Um, Pretty sure there yeah. might be a day or two where there's a little bit of a conflict, but this is not here Wednesday, and then we're not here Thursday. Oh yeah, 
Uh, no, we'll be here Thursday. We'll be here Thursday and then go yeah. to Freeze Out, yeah. Uh, Christian should be back in his co-pilot's chair tomorrow. Unless he, wins uh, tag unless team. he just final tables his tag team event. Good luck to him and Linda. Yeah, shout out to Linda, former Academy attendee. Oh, you should let people Linda. know those September seats are going quick. Oh, they're going fast. They're going fast. We already sold this weekend. I don't know. They just I keep getting emails of people buying these seats. So Shit. if you want to come to the September uh, Academy, you better get to academy.solveforwide.io. Get yeah. Sounds like it's popping. It's get popping. It. Bro, it's main event weekend. Main event? No, bro, it's Monday. Relax. Yeah, relax. We'll, we'll get to the hype later this week. week. Come on. We'll get to the hype week. later this week. Uh, I'm going to create a draft game for us all. It's going to be great. <laughs> You're going to hand, handwritten. So He's look, been so excited about look, this Look this forward time. to that later in this week. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time as always, 11, 11.30-ish. Thank you guys so much for being patient with us. Times 12. We'll see you then. Peace. Bye-bye.